Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Caleb. And I'm Colin. This week, AC Milan bumble their way through Serie A. Some president provides Tinder to USSF conspiracy theories. Everton throws Joe Hart in the grinder. And Arsenal is still lonely on FarmersOnly.com. Hey guys, I'm back. Uh, it was, I missed you. I missed you a lot. I missed recording this podcast. I was sitting at home by myself last Tuesday night, wishing I could be recording with you. And it was, it was very sad. It was very sad. I, I had not realized how much of a part of my life you'll have become. Um, I was, uh, so so essentially the doors are locked. They're never going to open again. I'm sorry. Oh, You're staying um, here forever now. Okay. Did you just like press a button and I, the doors locked or something? Or no, no. This has been pre-planned. Your wives have received letters saying that you have decided to leave for someone else, uh, much more you know Indian than them. And uh, I, I think they'd be able to figure that out. Who, oh, who, who, damn it! I should, yeah. I shouldn't leave such clues in, in yeah. the text. <laughs> Well, I was sick, though. I was really freaking sick. I had pneumonia. This it's was... true. You were, like, near-death sick when I picked up the mics. I have never been like that. I, I've never been in a situation where literally I could die, you know? Actually, I've been there, but, like, but when I was, like, two or three years old. This is the first time in, like, me being alive that I have reached death's door. And I wanted to say something about the cold, uh, the, not the cold, the civil war. And pneumonia, but all the like prominent civil war pneumonia deaths were in the con- confederacy, and I don't want to draw any parallels between me and those guys. Yeah, that would not be good. They wouldn't like you. Don't Probably know why, not. but there's something about you they wouldn't like. I recently watched the Civil War by Ken Burns. I oh, never watched that before. Yeah, exactly. I watched that. Great show. Fantastic. I was going to watch that this weekend, but I ended up watching uh, Popstar, that movie by Lonely Island on HBO. Never stop, never stopping. All right, great movie. I, I guess that's fine. This is the descent of American culture in three sentences, right there. If you want to rewind and listen again, but I did watch <laughs> the the Civil War, and I found myself cheering along with the Union victories. I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, Sherman, go to that sea, yeah." Uh, it was it was pretty great. Burn down Atlanta, yeah. Well, given you know their expansion team, I wouldn't mind if he did it again. But you know, it's too much, too much, too soon, Ooh, too much. Too much. I'm sorry, slightly too much. Yeah. I mean, I have family in Atlanta that I like very much, so it would be it would be really sad personally on a personal level for me. But Mercedes Benz Stadium, you know, I'm okay with that. Actually, no, even that was a very nice stadium. We wouldn't have two dollar hot dogs anymore. So, so in general, it would be a loss for for us. Uh, maybe maybe if the Columbus crewed Atlanta United, that'd be fine. You know, <laughs> just move them to Austin. Also, yeah, <laughs> two teams in the last. <laughs> Hey, you don't even have to change the like uh, acronym. You just call it Austin United FC, and it's AUFC. There you go. Yeah, done. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What if all the talk about Columbus moving was actually talked about Atlanta moving? <laughs> it's just been this whole kind of uh, cloak and dagger movement by MLS and pre-tort. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm totally fine with it. Then great relocation. I love it. Like great, perfect. By the way, speaking of Atlanta United, I was talking to a friend of mine who's moving to Kansas City. And I was trying to tell her about my favorite barbecue joint there, which is Arthur Bryant's. Except by mistake, I said Arthur Blank's. And I, it was very amusing for me to imagine, like, Arthur Blank, after quitting the Home Depot, decided to open this, like, tiny, homey, bar- hole-in-the-wall barbecue joint <laughs> with, like, Tata Martino and Miguel I mean, Almiron. First off, it wouldn't be a butthole in the wall. It would be a butthole <laughs> in the ceiling. But... Also, he'd never be able to build one in Kansas City because he wouldn't figure out which Kansas City is... There's only one Kansas City, but there's two Kansas Cities, and he just 
his head would explode before he would build. <laughs> he'd be like, I want to build a, ta- a barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. And someone would go, which one? And he'd be like, what? And boom. <laughs> Good point. Good point. I mean, I guess it made more sense in my head with my pneumonia-addled mind. I was, I was, I was able to, to take myself to a place where essentially... The entire Atlanta United operation was a barbecue shop instead of a of a success successful and I'm choking on that word uh, soccer team, um, but it was it was very nice. It, I, it was it was a fever addled dream that felt good for a little while. And then I woke up again and remembered what happened last year. But anyway, speaking of which, let's go into a segment that we call Loon Monitoring. God damn it, fuck me. Okay. <laughs> Dude, that, was, that was the reason that we cut earlier and came back and recorded all this again. Uh, just for listeners who, who don't get to hear our uncut audio. Sometimes I don't let Colin say loon monitoring. I say it and then I remember that he's supposed to say it. So And then he gets super mad at himself. It's great. Well, this used to be... It's funny. My, my use of profanity is a little weird, right? Because I learned British English. So I say some things that aren't... Don't make any sense in American profanity. For example, I randomly sometimes shout balls. Uh, less so now than 10 years ago. But I had a friend of mine who I used to watch Formula One with who... I mean, I scream at the screen when I'm watching racing. And he started saying it because of me. So I'm, I think somewhere in Nashville, Tennessee, there's a small group of people who all say balls because of Adam Eckert down there. But anyway, let's talk about Minnesota United. I just want to open up by saying Minnesota teams currently 2-0 at Mercedes-Benz Stadium that the Vikings beat the Falcons. I don't have any fondness for the Vikings, but I have much unfondness for Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, except the concessions and its tenants. <laughs> so I'm very happy about this. I will take pride in this one Viking stat. So well done. I think the best part was having one of the Vikings players do the Dirty Bird as his touchdown dance. That just made me is, so is, happy. Is that the chicken dance? Okay, no, 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 no. no. Your face tells it's me that. It's much also. cooler. It's, it's much cooler. <laughs> it's much cooler, except for as someone who uh, still suffers from flashbacks of '97. Gary Anderson. Is that the Macarena then? So Nick Rogers is out as president to Mr. United, so that happened today as well. Yeah, um, this has been coming for a while, I feel like, because Chris Wright was announced as the CEO about what month ago, two months ago? Something September. Like so Yeah, exactly. So and since, since then, Nick has been a little bit incognito. I haven't seen him very much at stuff. So Apparently, he had spent some time in Europe, had a selfie with Neymar so he's happened he's basically eat pray loving his life right now he's he's you know off somewhere he ate some Parisian food he's probably prayed with Neymar and now he's loving off somewhere in South America with a really hunky guy like Julia Roberts in that one movie called eat pray love with a hunky guy like Julia Roberts no no no, like Julia Roberts oh did guy okay yeah you don't watch eat pray love I haven't either anyway no (laughs) yeah Um, very quickly yeah but Nick Rogers definitely does have an important place in Minnesota soccer history. And regardless of some of the possibly negative comments we and others have made about the front office in the past, we really do have to respect the fact that if it wasn't for him realizing that there was something going on with the NSC stars back when he pitched buying a soccer team to Dr. Bill McGuire, we probably wouldn't have an MLS team. Chances are we wouldn't even have professional soccer in the state. 
I've always respected Nick's idea of soccer community. Uh, the times that I've talked to him about what soccer means to people and um, just, his, just his feelings on that. And I have him to thank for a lot of my friends. I have him to thank for you guys, this podcast. I have him to thank for, well, thousands of dollars spent on stuff. But th- that being beyond the point, uh, you know, a big hobby and a lot of stuff that I enjoy would not be there if it wasn't for this guy. And so beyond all the stuff with the team, and there's a lot of stuff, I mean, I mentioned this on Twitter, we can say a lot about his legacy in terms of the team. Just personally, I mean, he's responsible for a lot of happiness. Uh, also a lot of anger, annoyance, screaming at the screen, but less so than the happiness. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so thanks, Nick. And I, I hope he, he ends up doing something fantastic. Good luck to him in the future. I think we, we all have uh, well wishes for him here on this podcast. Uh, Let's now move into a segment that we call the Major Listing Service. In the Major Listing Service segment, we cover the latest news from Major League Soccer. And this week, there was the announcement of the MLS Best 11. How many Atlanta United players, guys? Uh, Two? Yeah, That's it? I thought all 11 would be Atlanta United players. With Garber being like, we should have had more. Jeff Lorenowitz for Best 11. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, has his uh, you know when he, when when Atlanta announced their cuts, he was like TBD. Have they BD'd? It, it, that I doesn't make know. any sense. Actually, no, that, that <laughs> should have been. Doesn't. Have they and that actually sounds kind of. <laughs> yeah, have they DD? Have they been decided it yet? <laughs> <laughs> you you didn't go with the D like where I went. But anyway, <laughs> anyway um, maybe if they cut him, you could say that. But uh, goalkeeper in the best eleven was Tim Melia. Which I think was your guys' choice. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Melia easily was the best goalkeeper this year. Um, I like to be kind of proud of the fact that my top three defenders of the year were the actual three that are in the best eleven. Were they? Should we go back and check? Uh, feel free. Did we actually record any of that? I don't. I don't remember. I, I think we could. Have. All I remember is that we agreed to Nakapara being the defender of the year, which he won. Yeah. So. Justin tomorrow, Ike Opara, Kendall Waston, he who fell felled a lot of players, Waston last year. I feel like I was talking a lot of fouls about Waston. Uh, midfielders, uh, Miguel Armiron, yawn. Um, he's jerk really off good. motion. <laughs> he's really sorry. good. It's <laughs> not fair. I am like, physically incapable of saying good things about Atlanta United. I found I just can't do it. I can't wait until Atlanta gets a $5 million infusion of Tam when they sell him for $15 million this offseason. How about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. MLS MVP Diego Valeri in the midfield as well. And hey, look, Victor Vasquez finally not snubbed. I'm stunned that they came to their senses and actually put Victor Vasquez in something. Um, That said... That's a really non-defensive midfield. Well, they, eh? they do have a, you know, their lineup is kind of a bold 3-3-4. Three, three, four. So, there's four it, No, it's a 3-0-7. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've got, so speaking of forwards, we've got uh, Jovenko, uh, Joseph Martinez, again, yawn, wank off motion, and, uh, you know, should have should have mounted that fire-breathing goal celebration thing a little bit better. Uh, Nemanja Nikolic, and then David Villa. No surprises there, really speaking. Not really, no. I'm, I'll throw this out that A, to make it a slightly more playable formation, and B, because he was <laughs> really good, uh, Michael Bradley is a DM. 
get out. We have never forgiven him for about. No, we've forgiven him for. We about, talked about how I'm we kidding. need to I'm actually kidding. forgive him I'm last kidding. week. I'm kidding. He did say some asshole stuff about Columbus that kind of made me a little mad. But uh, speaking of which, Toronto did go on in the uh, which conferences? The Eastern Conference Finals to to in the second round beat. Thank you for clarifying CLB instead of COL. I was going yeah, to say Colorado. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I just saved the crew, damn it. I didn't know if you were going to or not. It, yeah. I mean, sometimes it See, happens. this is the way they treat me. They treat me like an old man who's been put out hey, to hey, pasture. Hey, hey, go back to the script. Okay. Read the script. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it says right here, they've put me out to pasture like an old man. Then your line is go back to the script. That must have been a note from the, <laughs> from the Garber. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, is, I didn't put that in there. Is <laughs> this a stage direction exit stage left followed by a bear? <laughs> No bears in the podcast, please. Anyway, Toronto FC beat Columbus 1-0, shattering the dreams of an entire state and Except an entire movement. Man. Yeah. The um, owner of the team. Exactly. Well, he's not anywhere near Ohio anyway. So, uh, Goldie always scores. He, well... He scored. Yeah. Exactly. As, the, as the name suggests. Exactly. And uh, then he had got injured. Well, Do we you? have to credit the fact that... Josie came back on, played about 10 minutes with a decently ankle? sprained ankle. <laughs> yeah. Um, he got landed on and rolled his ankle. Um, if it wasn't a final coming up, chances are he probably would be out for a couple of weeks. That's the sort of injury that he took. He came back on for 10 minutes, somehow hobbled into scoring a goal that included dribbling through a defense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it was impressive. It was a very well well worked goal by Toronto too. And then after he scored, I think he came off almost immediately afterwards. His yeah, job maybe a done. minute. Yeah. yeah. So something that came off was a replay of the MLS Cup final last year because Seattle was able to beat Houston three nil, rubbing salt into the Dynamo's wounds. The first half goal for Victor Rodriguez pretty much ended any of Houston's hopes. Honestly, the fact that they didn't play Kubo Torres to start probably ended their hopes too. But um, Houston were gutsy, I guess, as they played, but Seattle were just clearly better. Um, Seattle haven't let a goal in since the third to last game in the regular season. They're pretty good. They're pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, yeah. Pretty good. So the, so the script says MLS Cup predictions, question mark. And I don't know why you spelled out question mark. You really didn't need that. But uh, I've been, uh, of course, in a pneumonia-addled haze, dreaming about Atlanta United-led barbecue restaurants. So I haven't had a chance to really see these conference finals and, and decide on who I think is going to win. So I'm going to pass on this question and lose the points. Uh, who do you think is going to win? Based on their form... <coughs> I mean, Seattle's been just absolutely on a tear. Um, Toronto, you could say, has looked almost anemic compared to their regular season form. That being said, last year I picked Toronto and they lost, so I'm going to pick Seattle and they're probably going to lose. I would highly suspect it's going to be a repeat of last year, not just with the teams, but also with it being a a pretty staid nil-nil draw at least in regular time extra time i think the fact that seattle is a little bit healthier um altador i don't know how much you can expect of him given his ankle 
So Seattle, I think, probably wins it at a time. Yeah, his injury time throws us into a loop because if they were full strength, I'd give Toronto a little bit more of a chance. But I mean, Dempsey's firing all cylinders. You'd think they would have been done with Jordan Morris's injury, but Will Bruin has been absolutely outstanding this year. And, and Morris actually is—he was in the 18. I'm trying to remember if he got subbed on in the conference final. Chances are that he can at least play 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. especially if it goes to added time. Kikuda Mane from Columbus is on trial at Union Berlin of the two Bundesliga. Do we think he's got a shot there? Yeah. Well, I don't see why not. Yeah. Should, he'd, so. he'd probably walk another starting lineup, which oh. I think is something that he definitely needs at this point in his career. Um, mm-hmm. Hasn't really... like his His time in Columbus didn't really result in him nailing down a starting spot despite some pretty decent performances he's at the age that he needs to be playing every day true 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 he is 22 so let's now talk though about columbus very quickly i'm gonna try to summarize the last few weeks and save the crew world essentially it's becoming increasingly clear at mls and psv pre-court sports ventures are seem to be set on moving the crew. There's they, There was a meeting between the mayor of Columbus, uh, the Columbus, I think called, they call like the, what the, commu- the crew community partners or Columbus community partners, something like that. Columbus business partners, my bad. And with Garber and Precord and both groups essentially coming out and saying, neither group really ex- did what we wanted. For example, the, the city of Columbus said that Garber and Precord were unwilling to take Austin off the table. And, and negotiate in good faith, according to Columbus, pre-court, and Garber saying that the city of Columbus didn't come in with any concrete proposals. There was a the, the there was a letter leaked or released, though, by somebody that showed what the city of Columbus had proposed, which is actually a pretty solid plan for moving the crew downtown, providing them with, a, with land and a stadium there. There's been some developments that have come through on, on where a potential stadium in Columbus could be. It kind of wrangles me a little bit that pre-court would get something free for basically throwing a hissy fit. I don't really want him to get public land in a stadium, but, you know. It, it happens a lot in American sports, unfortunately. Owners will threaten relocation to get more out of the city they're already in. Right, and I think if, if, the, if, if the decision is between thousands of Columbus crew fans being upset and this being the only way, I guess, I mean, if that's really the only way, then it's a poison pill that I think is, is needed. But I, I think... Even all of these proposals haven't seen any positivity from Garber and Precord. They've continued having events in Austin. Uh, there have been some proposals about putting an Austin stadium into some parkland over there, uh, away from public transport. There's been a competing proposal for a stadium by Rob Goldman, I think his name is, his group. And I think he might might be the USL guy. I'm not entirely sure. There's, basically, every day something new happens. But the gist of it is Garber and Precord seem... Everything that they, they seem to be doing and saying shows that they've already made up their minds to move the crew uh, and that the Save the Crew movement has tremendous support within the city of Columbus, where and where I really feel like it shouldn't be moved. With that, let's move into a segment that we call The Pyramid Scheme, where we talk about news from the rest of the U.S. soccer pyramid. Uh, big news this week, which actually kind of has more to do with MLS, which is that FC Cincinnati's uh, Mitch Hildebrandt has been signed by Atlanta United. Uh, Atlanta um, United fans are so happy for him, right? 
I again I choked on my tea because we were looking for a good backup goalkeeper and Atlanta just signed Mitch Hildebrand who we who used to play for us until recently. Hildebrand's going to be a third keeper probably is going to be their USL sides keeper. Yeah, like, it's to be behind Rizan and Tan. I mean, but isn't that basically our setup too? He'd be second. Khan is an right Alex Cap, basically, isn't he? No, um, Khan, Khan is, is yeah, he's better. Tested. He's older. Um, Cap is definitely still developing, and probably has a higher ceiling. But mm-hmm. but if we would have signed him, he probably would have been our second string. I at I this point, at least, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, well, this is more just wistfulness than logic, to be perfectly honest. But anyway, there was another bigger piece of news from FC Cincinnati, which is that Teen Wolf Tom Heinemann has signed for them. Tragic news for Cincinnati here, because they've been, you know, of course, their attendance has been so great. It's going to decline rapidly. Yeah, Teen Wolf is going to eat your crowd, Cincinnati. Be careful, is all I'm saying. I think they have a track around their uh, soccer field. Good, nice little barrier there. Yeah, just dig yeah. it, put water, um, some garlic and silver, and, you know, might might scare off the Some crosses just for good measure. I don't know what deters a werewolf, but... Yeah, anyway. Austin Berry, who we were very high on about defender and should be an MLS, blah, blah, blah. Turns out he retired. What the hell, man? He retired at age, age 29. He wants to pr- pursue a career in coaching. Damn it. So I mean, follow your passion. Yeah, man. Rochester Rhinos are on a one-year hiatus. Have you all talked about this on the pod in my absence? We have not. No. So the Rochester Rhinos, you might recall from two years ago, having received new ownership, they were you one of the strongest franchises in the U.S. second division. Back, I think, in the early 2090s, they were rumored to be an MLS, potential MLS expansion spot. And yes. they won the U.S. Open Cup. Yes, they are Sorry, the only lower league... Not the only... I, I think they're the last lower league side to have won the U.S. Open Cup. So, a storied name in soccer. Unfortunately, in the last five or six years-ish, they've been going through some trouble. For example, they were part of the original NASL breakaway group, but then they decided not to break away. They've been sitting in USL. They had an owner who was kind of a weirdo from what what the, the kind of his business dealings and then he was i think the usl forced him to sell the team a couple of years ago to this couple whose names i'm not forgetting but anyway they've basically said that they're losing tons of money they needed something like a million dollars in one month in november to keep the team going they didn't get it obviously and now actually the old owner has come back and said i own like a whole bunch of the stadium and it's insides so i deserve i want all that money back so the future of the Rhinos very much up in the air. Very, very tragic if they don't survive. I hope something good comes out of this. Um, I'm sick of teams dying. I'm sick of teams that have names like this going to the dust. Um, also, I mean, it's, a, it's an independent team in USL struggling to survive. And I mean, and not only that, it's also the fact that Rochester has also lost the Western New York flash from NWSL last mm-hmm. season. It's it's hard for me to just say that a place like Rochester, New York, can't make soccer work, but you know something needs to come in with some sort of revitalization there. Um, one other note: um, speaking of things going under in NWSL, um, FC Kansas City is going to be the Utah Royals, yep, I believe. Utah Royals FC, which is West Burdine noticed, have a logo that looks a lot like an SB Nation blog. But it looks nice. The logo's nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hashtag I'm, branding. I'm looking forward to their coverage of RSL this season. 
Um, everything with FC Kansas City's weird ownership issues last season with um, Minnesota businessman Elon Bayer coming in and buying the team, really not investing at all in it, and then getting out. Remember when we were really excited about him and whether he'd bring in another cell team here? Well, good thing he didn't. Good thing. Yeah. um, It's a strange situation, especially given the fact that um, FC Kansas City's former coach is going to be going to Seattle, and that's the job that Laura Harvey, their new coach, had. Mm -hmm. Like... There's so many bizarre things with this relocation that it's hard to just single out a f- one or two even. But let's just say that this fits into the uh, what is it? The, the stereotype of American soccer that isn't MLS, basically. Like weird business decisions, things we don't know but suspect and wonder and have to question, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically just... It, it honestly just reinforces my core belief that things need a lot more structural help outside of MLS. Hey, speaking of which, should we talk about that USSF election in our next segment? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's move now into a segment we call The Sewer, where we don't actually talk about our NTs and Ninja Turtles, the national teams, but no, instead we talk about elections and bureaucrats, because... The Master Splinters? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Master only Splinter. Not, only not as cool. Yeah, exactly. Master Splinter, who turns out to be an economics professor in Chicago. <laughs> uh, no, Columbia. Well, isn't the headquarters of USSF in Chicago, though? That's oh, yeah, that was the reference I was making. Anyway, he, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he does yeah, teach at Columbia. Uh, Sunil Gulati has decided not to run for election, cue happiness, but then he seems to be supporting uh, a recent entrant into the USSF presidency race, Kathy Carter, the president of Soccer United Marketing. Now, we have abstained from going into the Soccer United Marketing, Major League Soccer, USSF um, conspiracy theories here on this podcast for the most part. But I will say that in my opinion, the regulatory element of U.S. soccer has been a little lower than I would like because there does seem to be a very healthy relationship between those three organizations. And the Federation sometimes makes decisions that are really good for those two organizations, but that I, I don't know if they're in the best interest of the sport and its fans in this country. So whether whether the Federation should take a stance, perhaps that is a little bit more soccer centric than America centric, if that makes sense. I'll maybe go one step further. Um, soccer United Marketing's job is to turn soccer into large sums of money. Like that's literally what they exist to do. USSF can be well positioned to say, okay, go ahead and do that job. We are going to be the regulatory body. We're going to make sure that things run smoothly, both in MLS and outside of it, and that we have the most sellable product for you to sell for whatever sort of packages you want. Instead, USSF has seemed much more focused on 
making itself money. And I'm concerned now that Carter seems to be Sunil Gulati's pick and with his amount of influence probably is now the front runner in this election fight. I'm concerned that the relationship isn't going to change. And that be given the fact that there are so many fundamental issues with how soccer is being run outside of what's going on in MLS, mm-hmm. which is, you know, frankly, going pretty decently well. Beyond that, there are so many problems that the Federation does need to be taking an active role in. And somebody coming in from some is not positioned to make those changes. And I mean, who knows? We might see a Tom Wheeler FCC kind of situation where everybody thought, hey, here's a former telecom industry lobbyist becoming chair of the FCC. He's going to be a terrible guy. Turns out, no, he's fantastic in his position. So we don't know, but the the agenda that Kathy Carter released, and I think we're being a little unfair because we haven't talked about Eric Trump Winalda's batshit crazy agenda or Kyle Martino or anyone else's. So I'm I'm... I'm not saying that they have the right idea. I'm actually not a big fan of anyone else's. But just in terms of this particular candidate, she came out with a fairly bland-looking agenda that I don't think convinced me that, that we'd see any of those changes that you just said are needed. So that being said, I'm not sure that I have a, a pick at the moment for for the USSF presidency. Maybe, you know there's a, the, a rapture and a unicorn comes and starts talking to us and says, oh, I have all the ideas. And then suddenly they get elected USSF president and we all have candy and nuts because ifs and buts and something, something. Does I, that unicorn support ProRel though? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all these great ideas and ProRel like, did it, did it. Yeah, Ted Westerwald going like stabs it. No, the only unicorn in the world. That's like, rah, rah, rah. by the way, did you see Ted Westerwald replying to a tweet on the GOP tax bill, replying to something about like soccer openness, like closed systems and all this stuff. And I was just oh like, man, are you insane? Like, just, just you're nuts, man. The one thing that I hate the most about soccer Twitter is that when people screenshot Ted tweets, it circumvents my muting him. Yeah. And it makes me sad because there's enough negative shit going on in the world. I don't need Ted Westervelt showing up in my Twitter feed. Like, give me that at least. Well, with him, it's screenshots, but then there are some other people that I've just muted and blocked because they're just annoying and snarky. Cough, Lalas. But, like, and and who... (laughs) people uh, code tweet so then it says like this tweet can't appear which then I'm gonna click the damn tweet Twitter if you tell me that I can't see the tweet I'm gonna click it because I'm gonna like try to find out and then I have, then I'm like oh no this is stuff I was trying to avoid basically I'm saying I don't have any impulse control just delete your Twitter and I'll be fine that's you've had this plan all along last week you're saying best episode without Natch and then I'm off Twitter and you're like Natch you're not in touch with the community anymore I think we need to drop you from the podcast this is how this happens and then suddenly I'm in a home I'm calling you guys you don't come see me maybe then you know protective services come and like inquire about my safety uh, I'm, I'm on meals and this, wheels and this, this you know, will all end if you just unlock the door man <laughs> 
Uh, Press the damn button. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. We'll we'll take a break right here. I'll unlock the door and inform your wives that you're okay and you're coming home later. And uh, we'll return with the second half of our show, which is basically all about world soccer. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. Next week, as long as we don't forget that we had this idea, next week, we're going to start a new segment where essentially I get three minutes and a topic that you guys provide, which is a surprise. I won't know it beforehand. And you guys are going to give me a topic in three minutes and I'm going to have to talk about it and rant about it, essentially, and provide an argument in support of whatever idea you guys provide me. And there's going to be a buzzer involved. And if I stop to think, the buzzer will go off. But if I, what happens if I get to three minutes? Do I get anything? Um, uh, phrase and adulation. Handshake. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. I lack human connection a lot these days. Did I say that out loud? Oh, well, let's move on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hopefully this is a fun addition to our show in the off season because there, you know, isn't a lot to talk about except whenever we say that out loud. There's a lot to talk about, like this week. So, speaking um, of that, we have so many games to talk about. Hey, wait a minute, man! I'm still talking about this stuff. Otherwise, people will think we're actually trying to get away from the fact that I bared my soul there for a second. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I wasn't trying to lock you in, guys. I was just trying to have some friends. <laughs> who, who else is locked in here, Notch? <laughs> Don't go in the basement. Shields, are you okay? <laughs> hey, speaking of Shields, my Christmas tree made it on a Minnesota United Twitter this week. Yeah, You guys see that? Uh, totally. I, I didn't. The, the foot foot ornament. Oh, yeah, Shields, right. Shields okay. put it up on my tree and then took a photo of it. By the way, twinkly lights make everything better. This this is like... I, I'm not Christian, obviously. Um, but I have a tree, and I love the twinkly lights. I turn off the lights sometimes to sit here for five minutes watching the lights go on and off. It's... I gotta be honest, I was pleased, but also kind of upset with how much more festive you are than I am. Really? Yeah, my, my house does not reflect Christmas at all. I didn't start doing this until last year, so it's pretty new for me. And, um... Also, by the way, where do you guys stand on fake tree scent? Because I went and bought some Christmas tree scent. As you can see, this fake tree currently smells like a real tree. Acceptable? Unacceptable? Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine with it. Um, I actually prefer, like, you know those cinnamon pine cones? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Those are the shit, man. Okay. So I, next year what I'll do is I'll just throw some of those pine cones. Maybe leave a few unopened or open beers lying around. Lots of smells. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not that second part. But it anyway, only uh, smells. Speaking of smells, we're gonna get to some of those in a second in this next segment that we call the pub, where we get into a plane, we fly to England, we go to the local public house and talk about English soccer. Which pub are we going to this week? This week we're going to a dive bar called the Slippery Spaniard. <laughs> I wouldn't touch anything. Okay, just be very careful. And now suddenly we all have man buns as well. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But first, let's talk about Everton putting four goals past George Michael and Wham. Wayne Rooney scoring a hat trick. He's back to his old form. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's very slow. These when days. was he ever at that form? Joe Hart is just really bad. Yes. He's really bad. Also, Wayne Rooney it's... had a goal from midfield. 
it's stunning how the fall from grace of Joe Hart over the last probably what two years I think. Yeah, yeah. Him at Tur- he didn't do well, very well at Torino last year. His last year at Man City was up and down. Right, and and this was what the greatest goalkeeper in the world for about twelve months. I feel like he was everywhere as the example of you know good English goalkeeping talent. You know, and in my opinion, he shouldn't be even be called up. The world, let, let, let alone be in the starting lineup. People are saying he shouldn't he should lose his starting spot. He shouldn't. He shouldn't be called up at this so, point. So, do you think he needs an Alex Hunter? He needs to go to the LA Galaxy and like. You can come to Minnesota. I mean, so no, I'm 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 not kidding around. I'm entirely serious. What do you think he needs at this point? Because there's obviously something going on in his head, or he's like lover and taking five painkillers before every game. Because there's something wrong here. His fall from grace has been so fast. Right, there's something either going on in his head, just confidence issue, or he's just not training as hard. I don't know what it is, but. He's got to fix it to save his career at this point. So what, uh, I think it was on Football Weekly that they identified the Panenka that uh, Pirlo put past him. I'm trying to remember which year that was. That was Italy versus England in 2015. Right, and so I think that was in 2012. And that was kind of the the day that, Euro 2012, that that he identified. And I I don't know. I feel like I've, I've thought of Joe Hart as a good keeper for more recently than 2012. And then, so I'm, I'm curious. I, I would love to hear in the offseason Joe Hart kind of bare his soul and maybe that'll help him get better. But hey, Everton appointed Big Sam, who has brought in his own coaching lineup, which includes actually a, a very Liverpool-y guy whose name I'm not forgetting. He's like major Liverpool person. Yeah. And so have, we have men on the inside now. So, right. uh, And... Um, they promptly beat Huddersfield 2-0. Big Sam using the same lineup as before, so he's not made many changes. And saying he's going to bring in a sports psychologist, which is kind of anti-Big Sam's reputation. He's big, proper, proper football man. He's bringing in a psychologist. I thought that was pretty nice. So good good luck, Sam Allardyce. Uh, hopefully you've put away the jugs full of wine and, you know, the, the kind of uh, gray area. Those have been shipped rules. to West Ham. To David Moyes took them home. Yeah, his dark room is now just filled with jugs of wine. Uh, although, basically, Man City, over, over the last few games, has beaten Huddersfield, Southampton, West Ham. And if I'm not mistaken, all three of these games, they've had a late goal to win. And Manchester City's crisis is them continuing to win, except only by one goal. Yeah. Um, what a terrible crisis. I mean, yeah. Such, what a, curse such a bad crisis. What a cross to bear. Yeah. So, and, and just to kind of give you the example of what, what we're talking about in relation to Manchester City, the biggest, uh, besides this whole late goal business, the biggest talking point about Man City was Guardiola screaming at Nathan Redmond, who plays for Southampton. After the game, Guardiola was pictured, and you can hear what they were saying. He was just basically like screaming at Redmond. Like, you guys watched the video. What do you think he was saying? He seemed very angry. as my first initial thought. And, but also my next thought was Nathan Redmond was handling this, handling this very well. I thought Nathan Redmond had basically just decided to divorce Guardiola's child. And Guardiola said, you scum, you stole the best years of his life from him. And, you know, that, that kind of situation. In this, Nathan Redmond has a wonderful husband, who former husband, who is Guardiola's son. So, in the storytelling, the way I'm doing it. But anyway, that, that's what's of our lives, like. Premier League edition? Or? Perhaps. That would be a successful show, I think. Yeah. If it was, oh, like, yeah. on at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays and played in pubs in America. But anyway... <laughs> the, 
that was what it looked like Guardiola was doing, except, and the son picked up the story and said Guardiola's, the you know, Catalan man Guardiola said the word wanker. I don't know. I mean, I hear that's big in Catalonia, like Barcelona, huge shouts of wanker at New Camp. Uh, now, Nathan Redmond coming out and tweeting that that story was false, and instead what Guardiola had done, had come and told him, and I'm paraphrasing here, hey, you're such a great player, you were so good last year, you should be even better now, what's happened? And he was basically like pumping him up. And since then, there have been more stories that Guardiola does indeed do this. He goes to opposition players after the game and says, you were awesome, and... and 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 he, I think, came out and said, like, I just can't help myself. I have to, like, tell people how awesome they are. And he's just, like, a perpetual, like, happy drunk. That's awesome. Yeah, but <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's also kind of like the whole, you used to be so good. Why aren't you doing so well this year? Like... Is Guardiola it, trying to, like, date like, Nathan Redmond by negging him? It, yeah, it like, like it, it, it honestly does seem like... Like, what's that, that one guy that had the... The pickup artist. It, it seems like that, except for with the Premier League and Pep Guardiola doesn't wear the really like nasty outfits and bad hats, and he actually wears a sweater and looks Let, let's nice. Let's not talk about pickup artists. I don't want to go there at all. But uh, Guardiola, yeah, he he does dress quite well. Um, I I don't know. I think it's quite nice. I think it's quite nice to have a little bit of a coach who just feels good and compliments people. So Manchester United. Beat uh, Arsenal. Speaking of coaches complimenting people, uh, Mourinho is one that does not do that with Arsene Wenger. Not, not so much. Um, I watched the first 15 minutes of this where Arsenal went down 2-0, and I decided, you know what? This is a very good time for me <laughs> to go shopping and buy Christmas presents for needy 13- to 17-year-olds. <laughs> like, that's literally what I did. I was like, I, I'm, I'm going to just do my charitable giving for this week rather than watch Arsenal look absolutely abject. And it turns out that he found two coupons while doing that, so it was a double save, um, much like David De Gea's in this game. <laughs> David De Gea. I will let you know that I use the Cartwheel app, so I don't get coupons. I get notifications. <laughs> well, um, David De Gea, the, the talk of the town after this game, Manchester United winning 3-1 with... 15 shots on goal by Arsenal, 14 of which were saved by David De Gea, who also had one incredible double save, as I just referenced. Greatest goalkeeper in the world, right, guys? Except for hairstyle situation. He does looks like that new Ken doll, basically, with the man bun. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not good. But yeah, not, at, at not this not point, he's what, 24, 25? If not the best, definitely in top three mm-hmm. in the world. Um, Except in my FIFA 18 save, the AI keeps playing freaking um, Sergio Romero. It's extraordinarily annoying. That but makes that's absolutely no sense. Yeah. Paul Bagba sent off for a stamp on Hector Bellerin. Um, banned for three matches. Yeah, he'll miss the Manchester, Manchester Derby this coming weekend. Do you guys think he should have had an additional ban for sarcastically applauding the ref as he was going off? The ungrateful. Uh, I, I'm fairly certain that the sarcastic clapping was for Hector Bellerin's even worse man bun. So, oh, okay. so I'm I'm totally <laughs> totally fine with that. Speaking of sarcastic applause, uh, Watford tying Tottenham one one. <laughs> Things aren't so terrible. Yeah, Spurs continuing to spurs up their performance this year. 
with uh, another disappointing performance. Dele Ali has gone off the burn, guys. He is old news. He's 21? He'll He's also in FIFA 18 as like one of their featured players with his photograph everywhere. So I'm, I suspect that's what happened. It's, it's, a, it's a curse. Yeah. One it, of his like younger it. cousins who was playing was like, ah, you look stupid. And then he was like, no. It's gone to his head. It's the FIFA version of the Madden curse. Exactly. Chelsea beat Newcastle United 3-1. That takeover for Newcastle better happen quickly with Amanda Staveley leading an investment group trying to take over from Mike Ashley, who it all looked like it was just going to happen. It was going to be very quick. And then Mike Ashley was like, by the way, guys, I have another bid that's come that through. No one's heard about and knows what it is. And Hey, that bid lives in Canada, okay? And we talk a lot on the phone. <laughs> and at a summer camp. Um, <laughs> the bid's leader name is Alberta. She lives in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Ashley uh, moonlights as Montetio, basically, so... But anyway, Brighton lost 5-1 to Liverpool at home. Mo Salah named the first Egyptian to win the PFA Player of the Month award. Well-deserved. Um, he's still leading the lead in goals, even with... I don't think he had any on Saturday. Uh, Totino had a great free tattoo dash to watch. Um, I think... It was, un- it was great for you to uh, Klops didn't take credit for it at all. Because they said someone started Brighton and they always jump at the wall. And you know, just slid it underneath. I have it on good authority that Jurgen Klopp mailed uh, Pochettino a four-strain card. And essentially, Do- Liverpool had just taken all of Tottenham's that life force. That is fine with me. Yeah, yeah. And Liverpool also beat Stoke 3-0 midweek. You just, I mean... It's been a good week. Hopefully this didn't yeah. continue. Yeah, yeah, it should, it should. Don't say that. Just not yeah, you get mad when I say, like, happy things about Liverpool. Yeah. You and David Zeller, like, annoying no, people. Yeah. Like, I can't say happy no. things about stuff. No, you can't, because you jinx everything. <laughs> it's true. You can never be happy as a Liverpool fan. Every, every time I've, like, said good stuff about Liverpool, they have, like, tied the game. So. Exactly. This um, is why you can't have plants. Everything that you touch dies. Including my relationships, but uh, anyway, just you know, bearing my soul again on this podcast. What can I real, say? real, yeah, fast. exactly. So, um, but I touched this podcast, I've touched your lives, I don't see them fucking dying. Damn it, I shouldn't say these things. Just, I shouldn't say these things. I'm just the roads are really icy, notch. Like, what? you just need to like not talk see, about See, that's anything. why I locked the door, I was just looking out for you. Is it still locked? You said you were I don't know. It. You check. You can, see. you can check it out, man. Well, Leicester beat Burnley 1-0. And uh, second win in a row for Leicester after beating Spurs. So, in my opinion, they're going to win the cup again, boys. And uh, party like you've already. Uh, let's have a real good time. <laughs> uh, and uh, Shakespeare no. could write a... Co- no, he's wait, not. No. No. Wait, wait. No, okay, one sec. Uh, you gotta be pulling my leg with this score, <laughs> dude. It was it was one nil. Like, calm, uh, calm down. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I really want to be excited about Leicester again. Remember how excited we all were in fifteen sixteen, and life was good, and Obama was president. And, you know, things were things were happy back then, guys. I just wanted I want some of that magic. I just heard so happy to death in my head, <laughs> which is which is a TV show where the guy tries to like recreate the magic from a previous year by like trying to live a day exactly the way he lived it like in the past. I can't remember. I um, have no idea. Yeah. Oh man, 
This is, I think it might have been The Office, but I can't remember. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Swansea has been doing horribly. They have no wins in eight games. But they had a comedy moment that came up last week when they played Chelsea where Renato Sanchez, he of, man, this is probably the best player at the Euros. Um, he passed the ball to a Carabao logo, which admittedly looked like one of his players in I mean, terms of color. But uh, And it was wide open. It was. Like, come on, guys. Not give him too much crap yeah. for this. My my favorite part of this video is first of all you see him pass to the hoarding, which is funny enough, and then the camera pans to Paul Clement who's saying fucking hell Renato, and then he puts his head in his hands and it's like a Picard style face bomb. Finally, that smelly story that we were talking about before from the Stadium of Shite. Yep, uh, Sunderland were playing at the Stadium of Light. And one of their 17-year-old fans decided to drop Trow, sit in his bleacher, not bleacher, seat. And uh, rumors said that he had, uh, as one person put it, curled one out. I love British slang. Uh, <laughs> and, and everyone around him smelled a horrific smell. But instead, it turns out that he either urinated or didn't do anything. Maybe- if you just take your pants off and it smells that bad, go to the doctor. Yeah, like, you come probably on, need to get that checked out. And and this guy is apparently rumored to frequently come to Sunderland games, just completely blitzed. He says he doesn't remember anything, and apparently this is pretty typical of his attendance at Sunderland. Also, by the way, the best way to attend Sunderland games is so that you don't remember anything after them. Because yeah, you know, not not going well. No, no, it's not. no, no, no. Let's now move into a segment that they call they don't call it soccer. In the brackets, some do though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about yet. First up, opening draw for the World Cup. I just want to put it out there. I am so excited for this opening game. Two powerhouses of the sport coming together. A clash of titans that we have looked forward to for generations. Decades, I tell you. Russia versus Saudi Arabia. Magic of the cup. Exactly. There isn't a group of death this year, um, I don't think. There's not really a group of death, but there's a... A couple of groups where you don't know who's going to come in second, and mm-hmm. there, there's one where you don't really know who's going to win. It could be any four of the teams, really. That's that's exciting. And and Iceland is in the same uh, group as Argentina, Nigeria, and Croatia. So I guess I mean you know there's some disappointment in there for probably for for Iceland. I'm just going to shout this out there. Second that group, maybe first. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Out of the pot A teams. Argentina, I think, are the most likely to not make it out of their group. True. And it's not just that Argentina are more Spursy than Spurs. The the funny narrative here, though, is that Argentina are drawn again with Nigeria, which has happened how many times before? I forget now. But it's like been several World Cups that they've been in the same group. So it's amusing to see that happen again. Spain and Portugal in the same group. Mexico drawn with Germany, which... Serves all those freaking snarky Mexico fans right. I hope they get booted out of the World Cup. You know, I'm I'm not supporting uh, Mexico, man. After all the like shade I've been seeing, it's been a little annoying. You know what I'm saying? I still think they they'll make it out of the group stage, but that Germany name is gonna be really tough. I'm hoping Sweden is able to to pull it through yeah. with uh, Zlatan. This is the only time I like go high on Zlatan. But anyway, Liga MX. Speaking of Mexico, has its finals. It's, the, it's Monterey versus Tigris. It's actually a derby, which is kind of exciting to... It should be exciting to watch. It should be very competitive, very physical, even for early match standards. Mm-hmm. So um, if you can find the game, you should definitely watch it. 
They should have that one Univision commentator who goes, oh, gachi, 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 gachi. I miss that guy. Do you? No, I don't. Yeah, no, come, I on, really come on. Don't. Yeah, no, you, no, you, you don't. Really I've don't been very sexually unsatisfied. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I feel compelled at this point to point out. <laughs> Not, we were already making jokes about that button that you have, but if that's the reason you have it, things have gone a little bit too far on this podcast. Uh, the, the first leg of the final hey, is Thursday. I, I gotta point out that I, I suddenly decided. Like I'm, I'm feeling that Sunday, on the sorry. defensive. I have to defend myself. Uh, there's been some accusations here from myself, but still. <laughs> If anything, you've incriminated yourself. Might as well just tweet it out that you told someone to get you fired them because they lied. Uh, it's just a hypothetical. I don't know why I came up with that. God. Well, you know, uh, the things I do for entertainment, guys. The things I do for entertainment. But anyway, let's talk about uh, Champions Do League Alf UEFA. I'm pretty sure I screwed up a bunch of languages there. Chelsea. Tied Atletico Madrid 1-1, which sends Atletico into the Europa League round at 32, where obviously they'll be picked against Arsenal, I'm pretty sure. Hey, at least it's not Munich or Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund might. Yeah. Yeah, good so, yeah that's a good point. It's going to be Dortmund. It's going to be Dortmund. <laughs> so, um, Bundesliga, speaking of Dortmund, Hoffenheim beat Red Bull Leipzig 4-0. Serge Gnabry, goal from midfield alert. He has been on... Well, He's been on a cold streak for, for Hoffenheim, really. This game, he had a brace, and including a great goal from midfield. Um, go watch it, especially against a top team like Leipzig. Hoffenheim is climbing up the table. They're now above Dortmund in the table. And speaking of Dortmund, they tied Leverkusen 1-1, and Bayern beat Hanover 3-1, which ensures that Bayern remains at the top of Bundesliga. Just when you thought that that league was going to get interesting this year, Jupp Heynckes comes back and, you know, screws it up for all of us. La Liga, guys. Barca... 2-2 with Celta Vigo, which was a shocking result, as it is. But then Real Madrid also tied Bilbao nil-nil. And then Valencia lost against Hitafe. So basically, a lot of um, bent-up sexual energy, just like it's me. not trying to tie this in with you. Just fun. <laughs> this is a soccer podcast. We had so much fun that one time that we were talking about sex all the time. So I'm just trying to recreate that, you know, but in a far more pathetic way. So... Um, <laughs> But speaking of people acting out on <laughs> terrible urges, Sergio Ramos got sent off again. And has actually now the record for the number of red cards in uh, La Liga. 19. Yeah, yeah, very it's not amazing. Good. Uh, Atletico did beat Real Sociedad 2-1. They're the only team in the top four to win in La Liga this week. There was a funny stat that's true about Sergio Ramos, though, going back to him, where he's only earned red cards for Real Madrid, none for Sevilla, none for the Spanish national team. So something happening. Something in the air. Yeah, yeah, exactly, in Madrid. Uh, Serie A, Benevento, finally getting their first point after, what is it, 14 games? 14 games, yep. Uh, uh, coming against AC Milan, the people <laughs> that we thought were going to rock this league given their summer and, signings. And not only that, also in Gennaro Gattuso's first game as head coach, and yet it's ruined at the very end by the goalkeeper coming in on a set piece and... A diving header... Hashtag scenes. Hashtag diving header. There you go. And it was it was incredible. This guy, by, by the way, is also on loan from uh, from Juventus, Alberto Brignoli. And his quote later was, I dove at that, that ball like a goalkeeper, not like a striker. So 
it's it's really very cool great narrative napoli getting beat by juve one nil higuain scores against his former club hashtag narrative and then inter beating kievo five nil to go top of the league i think one point ahead of juve if i'm not mistaken and this is it's been a while since inter has been on top so seria on fire this year on fire definitely a fun lead to keep track of this year especially all that racism that they've got going on league oh psg finally got beat good stuff hashtag narrative strasbourg (laughs) beating psg 2-1 strasbourg scored with their only two shots on goal which is do that that every game strasbourg come on yeah yeah it's that it's that easy yeah we really should um yeah just have a 100 percent efficiency rate in your shots yeah, that's if Arsenal had done that, they would have won this week. They would have won fourteen to three. I'm I'm trying to make banned analogies about the shots I take on Tinder, but anyway, I'm I'm not. I think this joke is a little Notch, tired. Notch, are you okay? I am fine, dude. Okay, you know, I I I am just great, and I'm just I'm just underappreciated in my, my sense of humor. That that's all. That is all. I'm underappreciated into what I bring to this pod as well. Again, best episode ever without Notch. I remember that. I remember that. I couldn't even get any pity tweets out of you when I tweeted about it. And When did you tweet about it? Exactly. You don't even pay attention. <laughs> I tagged you. You don't listen to anything I, I'm saying anymore. I've been at work or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm busy. Like, what, man? I do things. You know, I am, I am an important person uh, in this room most times that I'm in this room alone. So... <laughs> I just, you know, I, I get pneumonia one time and suddenly it's like Notch, old news, you know? The moral of the story is that Notch needs a hug. Yeah, yeah. If you see Notch out there, ask first. <laughs> he said he says yes. Going for the hug. Um... <laughs> That's the episode title right there. Ask first, but uh, (laughs) let's let's now move into a segment that we call the Reynolds wrap up, where Colin takes us out conspiracy theory you know you've been thinking about and makes sense of it for you. So, obviously, the big news in the USSF conspiracy world um, is Sums president coming in and potentially becoming president of USSF. All of the bank account issues, the fact that Soccer United Marketing starts out with a dollar sign, all of that is beside the point because there's another issue that I feel like it hasn't really gotten as much as much play. Um, we've talked about how I have a link between um, the Eric Winalda campaign uh, through my conspiracy theories. Unfortunately, I do have to report some bad news on that front. Oh, no. Um, when I requested Eric Winalda's tax returns, I did not realize what was going to come out with all of that. You requested Eric Winalda's tax returns? I, I mentioned it in one of the DMs with Eric Winalda Jr., Oh, we oh, talked yeah, about this, right? Remember, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was gonna, so, he was gonna leak them because you know to you, and then you were gonna put them out. Yeah, I, I was gonna put them out just to you know make sure that all of these questions were. Wait, what was that conversation about adoptions though? You said before. Um, 
things get things get oh, a little okay. blurry. Yeah. I oh. stop. I can't questions. recall. I can't he, he recall. Doesn't recall. Okay. Yeah, I can't recall. Um, however, one issue that's come up is that when when I mentioned that I wanted to leak these tax returns, um, some other investigators started to look into it. I've recently gotten word that Eric Winalda's bank accounts at Goldman Sachs have been audited by FBI investigators. I don't know what exactly they're going to find. Perhaps there's some issues with some real estate dealings in like Atlantic City. I know that his name just magically disappeared from a condo that he owns down there. Um, Okay. But regardless, wouldn't I, he have I'm, holdings in Germany because he played in the Bundesliga or something? Are I, you sure you got the right bank accounts? Maybe it's Deutsche Bank instead. Oh, oh my God, Colin! Holy crap, man! You just blew my mind, buddy. Yeah, what things? Things just got real up so in that's here. That's why Lalas has been asking about financing so much. Exactly. He knows the oh truth. The truth is out there, and Lalas has it. I should unblock him. I haven't blocked No, Lalas. don't unblock him. I just unfollowed him. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know okay. what? It, still don't unmute him. It's okay. not worth it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I, it's I, I not won't. Worth it. I won't. I won't. Just for you. Just for you. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep track of that story, I hope, Colin. I hope you'll be bringing us updates. I That's mean, for, incredible. for Eric's sake, I hope that there's nothing in there. Okay. But okay. from from what I gather, there's... There's a large sum in there. <laughs> well done. Uh, I appreciated that very much right there. Well, speaking of ending the show, which we weren't speaking about, and now we are, deal with it. Uh, so the end of the show usually starts with you guys telling your Twitter accounts. But you know what? I'm going to tell my Twitter account first because I matter, guys. Okay? I'm here. I make this podcast. And, and you're not getting rid of me that easily, all right? Did you infect me with pneumonia, in, in fact? Is that what happened here? I remember... Do you really think that we could pull off a steam that brilliant? You've heard these... Hey, being self-depreciating is my character on the show, okay? Not yours. I'm just saying, you've heard the Reynolds wrap-up every single time. Now you're stealing my shtick on the show. Oh my god, it's just... Self-depreciate is my state of mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, So where can the good people find you on Twitter, my friends? I'm at K Olson seven sixteen, also ready for fifty five one. Thanks to Tectonics for the use of their song "Lustless" as our theme song. They have two shows coming up. You should definitely go to. Uh, they'll be playing at Amsterdam Bar and Hall on this Friday. Yeah, this Friday the eighth, um, and they'll also be playing next Friday the fifteenth at Arcadia. Who's there? What's our lead singer's name? Eric. You know. 80 years from now, you're going to read a BBC News article about Eric of the Technonics died and how everyone's really upset. And you could tell your friends, I saw them when they were getting kind of big in the Twin Cities. So you should go to the show because they're kind of big in the Twin Cities right now. All right. So just just do it, guys. Do it. Do it. Go. 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 Um, my far less exciting Twitter account is at the attachment. And I, I can be found with all of my relevancy at TWR United fans. 
And uh, you can find this podcast posted on 55.1, which you should share with your friends so that they can find this podcast, find a lot of other great content on there. I helped Wes Burdine create a list of uh, MLS players who were cut. So Colin also helped out. I think it's it's really fantastic. Uh, so you should go check it out. It's all, Our podcast is also on fine podcast providers everywhere as well. On which next week, around this time, you will find this podcast again. Until then, everyone, goodbye. Not you matter. Thank you.